One and all, welcome to the latest, the greatest, the most valuable edition of Nick's Nonfiction. Here with your host, Nick Muniz. Today we've got C.J. Spotwood's The Microdosing Guidebook. Microdosers have reported experience improvements in their mental and physical health, focus, creativity, and spiritual awareness. Not here to blow big mushroom today, even though I am and have a big mushroom. <laughs> the use of psychedelics may result in the discontinuation of medicines that you're taking now. <laughs> Big Pharma hates him. CJ Spotwood says, microdosing psychedelics is the act of ingesting subperceptible amounts of the substances with the aim of improving various areas of one's life without experience a full-on psychedelic journey. And I know that's what you're here for today. I'll tell you about some full-on psychedelic journeys. But seriously, this guy is saying 1 20th a gram. That's all you need. And bro, I could see the end of the universe off of 0.5 grams now. Like seriously, Buddhists can do it off of meditating. This is just a way to expedite the process. And again, if you're not into spiritual awareness, like he's saying, and a bunch of other hippy-dippy bullshit, wait till next week. We'll probably be talking about beer. Here's my disclaimer, guys. Seriously, if I can't help people, the best I could do is harm reduction. People help, help themselves. So I'm just trying to make sure motherfuckers aren't going crazy out here we're going to do the history of psychedelics all of their medicinal uses beware of tripping hazards <laughs> all right now for what you came for your money's worth bro <laughs> i told you between last week and this week i would take a trip and like i said i don't need that much it was a gram but i put on the blindfold all i needed was 90 minutes this time so for the first five minutes, you know, I'm going through all the people in my life, the wrongs I've done them, basically fucking atoning. And then I get into the only way that your body can express emotions is through words. You know, a bunch of hippy dippy realizations. Say that one to yourself a hundred times, it's true. And the reason you come across that when you're in the fucking astral world, words don't work. That's why I'm the king of the words, bitch. In this reality, words are the only way to tell people what you mean. <laughs> Anyway, I got a massive erection after that. Like, Big Pharma, we don't need your drugs. Take a mushroom and think about your boner. I got a 14-year-old pulsing erection. And then came the monster. There's always a monster in a trip. Like, I feel like I can bring it to the forefront now. I was only 15 minutes in when I faced this thing. It felt real. I was there. It was Godzilla chained to a wall. He was fucking spitting, <laughs> screaming at me. And so I... I just fly through it a million times, cut a bunch of holes in it, Swiss cheese Godzilla, move on to the next thing. Fuck. And like, bro, I'm feeling this. I'm convulsing, writhing in my bed. This isn't the type of fun that most people like. <laughs> so like, I beat the monster, and I'm not taking my fucking blindfold off. I know there's more to see. I've been this part before. And I feel like a touch on my leg. It's like, keep going, don't give up. I get into this trance, okay? It wasn't sleep, but I didn't know where my body was. Like, my mind and my body was kind of gone. And then I wake up, bro. I'm seeing, like, this cloudy vision. It's just going to sound crazy, so I'll keep going quick. I was in an Aztec Mayan village, bitch. I don't know where I was. So then I come back. I'm like, holy shit, this is the scariest moment of my life. I'm back in my bed. I remind myself that's where I am. <laughs> and then another trance undergoes. This one was deeper. My lips start tingling i feel this pressure around my eyes and my entire body starts to squeeze it doesn't hurt it's like a weighted blanket and then the vibrations Pfft. 
I'm gone. <laughs> I'm fucking my body tunneling through the multiverse, fractals on both sides. I feel like I'm approaching something. And all the while, like, there's this voice. And I say there's no words there. I just get this message transported to me. It has to be this way. Like, I'm traveling through the tunnel. I'm seeing the history of the world. It's those videos I tried to show you guys, the edits. And I'm just getting this message, like, bro, it has to be this way. And then I make it into the center. I've told you I've touched the love before. It's like this toroidal field. <laughs> bro, I'm the one to tell you about CJ Spotwood's microdosing guidebook. I have an astral map in my head. I know where the centrifuge is now, bitch. <laughs> I had a bad trip. People need to get their dosings right and start slow. Don't jump into the deep end of the pool on your first swim. Like, you hear this one a lot, or at least I do. You're running away from reality by taking psychedelics. I think reality is for people that can't face drugs. This is going to be a good one, guys. Stay tuned. Nick Munez will be right back with a microdosing guidebook after a meet. About the author C.J. Spotswood. His man is wikipedia list, and this book was written last April. This is The Psychedelic Frontier, people. Quote, Spotswood is originally from New York and now living in Maine. CJ is a third-generation nurse and has 20 years of psychiatric nursing experience. CJ has presented on the application of psychedelics for mental health conditions and their safety concerns both nationally and internationally. And interdimensionally... <laughs> Patreon.com slash The Niche. Best meme videos around Harry Schwant on Instagram. Get your late night laughs over there. What? We used all of our mushroom jokes last time on the Sacred Mushroom book. We're going deeper than Joe Rogan, motherfuckers. Let's go. Be right back after an ad. Microdosing Guidebook, Chapter 1, Briefing. The first part of the book, what is psilocybin? How is it going to help me? Quote, Psilocybin is a naturally occurring psychedelic prodrug of the tryptamine family and is found in over 200 species of mushroom all over the world. He's going to talk about LSD. Both psilocybin and lysergic acid primary mechanisms of action through agonism or serotonin receptors are found throughout the body. Like it activates within your entire body. There's neurons in your nut. There's neurons in your penis. Like seriously, that might be why I got a super hard on. Holy shit, bro. And they say you get a body high, man. Your whole body is digesting the chemical. Uh, he talked about serotonin some more. That's how I like to buy drugs at a concert. Have you seen my friend Sarah? Serotonin? <laughs> LSD gets hit with the D.A.R.E. program pretty hard. I'm sure you learned about it in fifth grade, and that's your knowledge. It's naturally occurring in mold. There are, like, if you start eating green mold, you might start tripping your dick off. <laughs> so these are the two main focuses of the book. LSD, psilocybin. Sorry, no MDMA. LSD, psilocybin have the same organic chemical structure. Like, I'm not sure why LSD has to last twice as long if that's the case. He said the current time there are other psychoactive compounds in mushroom that haven't been located. Bro, we might not have even found the spirit molecule yet. And there, are, it's like all the cannabinoids. There's a bunch of other shit that's getting you high as well. Main thing here, psilocybin. 
moves on to the history, Albert Hoffman in the 1950s. I think we did this in past episodes. I learned new in this book, though, that Albert Hoffman, he made LSD free for his staff. Punch into work and take a quarter tab. Seriously, he said the standard dose at the time was 25 mics. (laughs) That's more than a microdose, Albert. (laughs) It's a good story. He fucking rides his bike home and he, like, can't keep his balance. He collapses on the floor of his house and his wife feeds him two gallons of milk he drinks, apparently. Albert Hoffman. (laughs) CJ's kind of selling the LSD here. I don't want to go too deep on that today. We're talking about mushrooms. My biggest thesis, I think, is you can't take something without getting the good and the bad. Like, I've accidentally dosed myself way too many times to count. I'm going into work and I accidentally take one too many tiny aborted mushrooms. (laughs) You're in God-tier focus flow state and then you get a little too heady. Things get spacey. A three-hour accidental introspective vision quest is around every fucking corner. Turns your day into a whole nother thing. (laughs) And there was this girl at Starbucks who used to come in on acid. Rest in peace, literally. She was 28, bro. Saying there's a dark path and a light path. And probably a sober path. (laughs) So yeah, to say that too, I don't want to be totally irresponsible. Discipline is the best drug ever. You feel the best after you do something hard you wanted to do. You can't just take chemicals and feel good. That's not how the human condition works. Bro, you're going to make me go Ready Player One like last week? There's no cheat codes in this video game. Mushrooms in Super Mario, you still got to will yourself to the end. It's a boost. Whatever. In his 2019 book, Passy described how researchers had hoped to be able to use low-dose psychedelics to reduce obsession-compulsive symptoms and anxiety in participants. Passy quoted the author stating, It is too early to definitely judge the efficacy of psilocybin, but at least there have been some quite remarkable successes seen with treatment. It stopped OCD and anxiety. And like, <laughs> this is what I tried to say in the ADHD book. So we're giving hyperactive kids meth? Yeah, that makes sense. I don't see anything wrong. This Passy chick proved that psychedelics improve your focus. And everything's upside down. Like your boy smoking a bong and zoning out. He's focusing on the cartoons. It's so dumb, but once you know how to use the tool, bro. (laughs) That's all we need to do. Teach people how to use it rather than giving kids meth. Crystal fucking. And also to my thesis. With the good and the bad. Psychedelics can't be controlled. Like, it's their nature to take you to the place you don't want to go. I'm going to go on the beach and take some mushrooms. Just go to the beach. Why do you have to take mushrooms? (laughs) Like, that's the point, bro. It's going to take you where you don't want to go. And so, I don't know, bro. I'm saying you can take one tiny little abort too much, and you're going to get choke slammed into the shadow realm. It takes you where you don't want to go. So if you don't want to explore other parts of yourself, don't take them. He ends the history part pretty badass here. The OSS was funding guys like Hoffman, and then the 60s came around and the psychedelic research went underground. Hmm. So are they still MK-altering people? Kanye! Like, this is when you pause and go back and listen to the Chaos episode. Dr. Jolly West, he was MDMA Mengele. Finishing up the chapter here, 
He also said, to this day, we don't really know what serotonin is. That kind of fucking blew my mind. Like we say, vitamin A, vitamin K, those are all hormones. So, like, serotonin, we don't know if it's a histamine. <laughs> we don't know everything. Moving along, quote, after almost 70 years, we are back where it all began. Back to the sacred medicines that have used for centuries in ceremonial settings, and now most recently explored during the early years of modern psychiatry. Let's make it culturally relevant. Denver just made them legal. I'm pretty sure in Portland, all fucking drugs are legal. I'm going to move up there and become a DXM kingpin. I don't know. The main takeaway for the chapter, he introduced this Venn diagram. Biological, psychological, social. And he's going, most medicines have a psychological side effect. You had to take a hair growth pill and your dick can't get hard. I'd rather just not have hair. <laughs> and, um... Yeah, he's saying, but psychedelics, there's totally nothing wrong with them. Biopsychosocial benefits. I'm not throwing him totally under the bus because he's taking shots at the World Health Organization. Self-care is what people do for themselves to establish and maintain health. So he goes into that and he's like, but we're not allowed to go outside and get vitamin D. So the people who sell me cigarettes and porn don't actually care about my health? <laughs> Going to chapter two protocol that's right we're making mushrooms militant here protocol i don't want to be the hippie king i want to be the word king i'm saying accurate speech will not lead people astray joe rogan everybody should have a podcast everybody should take mushrooms this shit ain't for everybody <sighs> i actually read once that we tried to microdose marines China would be in for that if we did, and it's called Project Stargate if you want to look into it. See, I try to avoid this stuff because people's brain turns off. <laughs> Psychedelic soldiers, let's go. I work at the fucking liquor store. Like, the drugs are almost like money. Like, it's a transactional investment. I take a beer, and my BAC goes up 0.2 transactional like the military they don't want you on psychedelics that's the way they put the soldiers on pro vigil and stimulants now <laughs> my point is when you take psychedelics it's almost like you're interacting with something and that's not my headspace when i go into it but it really does feel like a fucking whole nother force that you're taking on rather than just sipping a beer Quote, unlike the conventional medical model, microdosing can be tailored to you. During your time following the proposed protocol, it is my hope that you not only feel a benefit from microdosing, but that you also build a relationship with your substance of choice. Whoa. <laughs> I didn't mean to fucking pretext that so good. You're building a relationship with the substance. And so the beginning is always the most dangerous part. When you started drinking, you probably took a 750 of vodka to the face like I did. <laughs> It's the honeymoon phase, so you gotta start slow. Like, I've been... I don't know how to explain this shit, but it's one of the most important points. Not everybody's gonna like it. It's type 2 fun to get super psychological on you. There's different types of fun, rather than just cracking the beer and enjoying the transaction. Type 2 fun is like climbing a mountain. Most of the time, it's miserable. But there's moments of euphoria that you're not gonna get in any other activity. And then after, you relive the experience. That's the type 2 versus type 1. So if you don't like challenging experiences, then seriously, yes, drink a mimosa. I'm not looking down on anyone here. It's not for everybody. Fucking on the brink of shitting yourself pale. Can't even stomach water. 
but you're going to learn some secrets. <laughs> 2011, Dr. James Fadiman published the first guidebook. Sure, we read Timothy Leary in the 1940s, his Bardo Experience guidebook. Everyone thinks they're the first. And um, the Fadiman protocol, he's going start low and go slow. Let's go. 0.1 gram of dry mushrooms or 10 mics. <laughs> Don't even try to fucking microdose with LSD. That seriously is a lot. A tenth. These scientists are voyagers. Like, they're not keeping in mind... Like, you read the fucking trip reports online. Uh, guys, it's my first time. Does this look like enough? And it's entire eighth of mushrooms, bro. The first time you played baseball, did you let Mariano Rivera pitch to you? <laughs> Quote, One of the main factors to consider is that the metabolism of psilocybin is dependent on one's body weight. So yeah, if a 100-pound chick eats it, it's not the same as me. Fatima's protocol. If you feel an uncomfortable body high or too mentally altered to function, then you took too much. You want to be in a sweet spot where you may feel improvements in your mood, concentration, or increased mental acuity, but without it negatively affecting how you function in your normal everyday life. Spoken like a true psychologist, everyday life. You get better. Like, that's all it is. He's saying it's building a relationship. How much are you going to need? Start low, go slow. And, like, to combat myself, don't take drugs. Some people say, if I'm not going to feel the effects, why would I even do the drug? It's such a great point. Like, allegedly, if I was selling, I would have discovered that girls love microdosing. I allegedly get these, like, gelatin tablets, tablets so you can make little pills. And, right, you're not really feeling the effect, so... I'm shooting my business in the foot here. You don't need it. You don't need it. Everything is discipline at the end of the day. But I still take it. You know what I'm saying? Even if it's just a placebo, it's the edge I need. And now that we're done with all that neurogenesis, it literally does make you smarter. Okay? Even if it is just a placebo, it works. Then on top of that, it's not doing anything wrong. Fadma said, day one, dose, day two, rest and reflect, day three, normal, day four, start over. Very confusing. It's basically a one-on, two-off cycle. Like, I know a girl who dosed LSD every weekend. She had to go to a psych ward. Fucking, my hard rule is two weeks, minimum, if you're taking big trips, minimum. You got to have a couple weeks. And, like, to be honest, the rules are made to be broken, so don't fucking listen to me. <laughs> if you go to a music festival, you know. It's just, like, um, I've been keeping very detailed notes. If I do break my two-week thing, then my handwriting in my journal starts to get a little bit sloppy. You're either in one place or another, dog. <laughs> yeah, bro, this, like, one-on-two-off, that's a mad scientist shit. <laughs> you don't need that much. Journals should include, he's saying, intention. Seriously, you got to keep records of yourself. You're doing science at this point. In addition, microdosing may help individuals to achieve a flow state, or what is referred to as hyperfocus. For individuals with ADHD, a flow state is a mental state in which a person experiences an excited focus state for a long period of time. He said reduction in neuroinflammation, so this is a good preventative measure for Parkinson's. Damn. Quote, 
initial studies have shown that serotogenic psychedelics by way of stimulating the serotonin receptors promote functional and structural neuroplastic plasticity. I repeated myself. It is the nervous system's ability to change and adapt over time. Changes in neuroplasticity occur from the growth of new neurons in the brain, increasing the size and density of existing neurons and growing new neural pathways. It's not a coincidence that everybody who's into optimization finds out about this. <laughs> That's why it's illegal. It helps you reformat your brain. It grows your neurons. <laughs> Big brain time. By keeping this illegal, the government is admitting they want you stupid and anxious. Oh, but it's dangerous, Nick! Right, because alcohol isn't dangerous, what I sell to people as they throw their life away. Yeah, it all makes sense. <laughs> they did a test on UFC fighters, and it helped with CTE. It fucking bought dudes back from the dead. Like, I fucking drank myself into a coma in college. Two years, 40 shots a fucking week, bro. I didn't have the brain I have now. I have to attribute some of that to fucking... Microdosing, bro. <laughs> We're being cheated here. I'll put my soapbox away, but these things might just make you smarter. Uh, patients reported reductions in cluster headaches, migraine pain reduction, premenstrual syndrome, anorexia. <laughs> One pill for all of these things. That would equal like a fistful of Pfizer you'd have to swallow every day. I haven't been sick in two years, guys. <laughs> Quote, these claims have been well documented for macrodoses of psychedelics. One theory is that macrodoses of psychedelics improve on alter patterns of thinking, problem solving, and how individuals approach challenges, which in turn improve mental health symptoms such as depression or substance use disorders. I don't need to drink alone anymore. And I don't just take mushrooms instead. It makes you chill, bro. Spiritual awareness. I think that was the best phraseology. And so I'll end it on a doomsayer point, bro. People are getting dumber out there by the second. Every TikTok they watch is making them dumber, bro. Every Beyond Burger they eat. <laughs> like, save yourself. It's getting fucking stupid out there. You're either rising or you're falling. Rise with me! Chapter 3. Side Effects. And what did we learn in that chapter? One on, two off. Keep it sub-perceptible. Side Effects. The biggest inconvenience, CJ says, is sleep disturbances. Classic psychedelics have stimulant-like qualities, both physically and psychologically, similar to other stimulants until you fully understand how you will respond to your microdose. You may want to take it the first thing in the morning. And you'll get better. Like, it's not always a stimulant, but for real, the first few times you take it, you're going to want to go for a walk. And this has to be one of the best tips. First thing in the morning. Bro, I had a homeboy. <laughs> I was living at a frat house in USC. And this kid would get blasted deep into the twilight hours. I'd get up at like 4 a.m. And he's still chilling by the fucking ice machine. Trying to build a fucking portal out of string. He was out there, bro. <laughs> also the best drummer that I've ever met. The insomnia is the point here. You're physically, you can't sleep on these things. I've tried. You can try to induce that meditative state, but you might fucking wake up in Mesoamerica like I did. <laughs> and, uh, 
you'll like learn how to work with your subconscious rather than it fully taking over here's another really big misconception people see it as a relaxant i said before go on the beach i just want to fucking veg out man can i have some mushrooms no (laughs) like if you need it to relax just fucking relax you're using it for the wrong thing it's a giant you're going on a trip motherfucker like he's saying if you take it early in the day you should practice mindfulness i think the best part of this is the afterglow you have the entire rest of the day where your aura is on fleek bro <laughs> like i got fucking golden god mode on saturday night holy shit dude it'll fucking make you funnier after you trip quote some have reported experiencing increased vivid dreams during sleep while microdosing, which couldn't be perceived as positive or negative. This phenomena is supported by research that has shown altering serotonin levels after dreaming. It makes your dreams better. <laughs> Those who are colorblind have reportedly feeling that they have experienced improvements in their color recognition and perception, even citing improved colorblindness. What the fuck, dude? Sacred mushroom in the cross. Jesus curing the blind. It's about a mushroom. I don't really think that, but holy fuck, dude. (laughs) This shit cures the blind. Everybody in my family has eyeglasses, and I see, like, a hawk, dude. And, like, maybe that's from reading. It helps your eyes, but... Dude. (laughs) I'll go deeper, bro. My right eye was, like, starting to fucking have a stroke, bro, from stress. And it's back to 100%. And I don't 100% attribute that to mushrooms. Like I said, reading. I also started doing target practice every night. I would take my iron sights, and I'm left eye dominant, so I'd go my right eye. Dude. (laughs) I'm going to work at Warby Parker, and instead of an eye test, I'm going to give people a gun. Quote, other considerations include whether you've dosed on an empty stomach or whether you've recently eaten, whether you've consumed any type of caffeine, Big avoid. Do not do caffeine. Yeah, bro. A tea, he said, is okay. Most bad trips are just the inability to administer properly. And people are probably waking up and doing their coffee enema and trying to trip their balls off. <laughs> like, I tried to do coke when I was on some gel tabs with one of my homies. Not a good time. You think you've seen thought loops before? We need more coke. We need to go to 7-Eleven. I'm going to get a million dollars off a scratch-off. <laughs> you fucking... I don't know. For the most optimal side effects, CJ suggests combining CBD. That's pretty genius. There's no psychoactive effects. You get the body high off of it. And then he's saying vitamin D is also good. You definitely get high off of sunlight. <laughs> And uh, I should probably debrief that video when I was tripping off of two dry grams in the tundra, (laughs) the Sermon on the Mount. I don't know. Side effects might include spiritual rambling, dancing, visual enhancements. (laughs) I had high altitude, thin blood, a little bit of adrenaline going, some vitamin D. That's the Munez method. Chapter 4, Legality. I just said we're decriminalized out here in Denver, but Portland, you could go up there and sell motherfuckers crocodile. Quote, Denver, Colorado was the first to decriminalize psilocybin in May of 2019. Then the cities of Oakland and Santa Cruz, California followed suit in June of 2019. 
Now you're allowed to carry an ounce. Before it was smaller. My only point for this chapter is it's following the same exact potential legalization as uh, marijuana. Legalization. I don't want this to happen. Black markets are superior. Buy from me. Like people just buy the mushroom bars online now. I would encourage you to start your own mycology projects. He mentioned this chapter that there is currently no functioning test for LSD. I had a buddy who went to be a cop. He's like, I'm scared, man. What if they do the spinal tap on me and see if I have LSD in my system? It's a rumor, bro. <laughs> this isn't real. There you go. In 2020, this guy wrote, there's no functioning test. Eat all the evidence. <laughs> CJ saying that privatization will include corporations putting additives in the drugs to make law enforcement. It's questionable. What are you putting in the weed? Quote, serotonin receptors are concentrated within the CNS. Some more brain shit. Your entire central nervous system can be rewired. And, uh, I don't know, this supports my eyeball theory. If you're rewiring things, you're, like, refreshing your system. He's saying norepinephrine levels plummeted in people over the course of a test month. And that's the stress hormone. These things are like a little janitor. They go into your head and mop up all the stress for you. And good thing they're illegal because pharmaceuticals jack up your happiness. And also your stress. He's kind of right saying that there's much less side effects. Chapter is about lawlessness. So yeah, I'll just fucking take his side. I'm not saying that these things are flawless creations of nature. What I will say with 100% conviction, the government is lying to you. Schedule 1. There are zero known medical benefits. You want to read this book, maybe? You're lying about the most important thing ever. Chapter 5. Workbook. <laughs> this is uh, all about journaling here. He's saying keep track of your mood. The big thing is quantifying your emotions and then you can set a par. It's just like that habits book. You got to maintain your baseline. In a journal or on a piece of paper, write personal notes to yourself, thoughts you hope to answer in the future, or a space to write some of the results from your questionnaires. My sister, one year, she got me a 365-day question book. And it has like five years worth, so you could go back and see what you wrote last year and the year before. He's right, bro. Your desires change. Back to the main point of the workbook, all goals should be measurable and attainable. Some examples may be to get off of medications, antidepressants, pain medication, anxiety, stick to a workout routine, or something arbitrary such as organizing your home office. He's talking about intentions, set them. Quote, write down a list of 25 things that you love to do that bring you joy and make you feel good. Be sure to choose activities that you have varying time commitments, a couple of minutes for many hours. Yeah, bro. I, I don't agree with him here. Like, I have an entire notebook full of shit to meditate on, and some of that is death. Some of that is accidents and things. But yeah, I guess start happy. <laughs> He's included go for a walk, write a letter to a friend. And again, I have a strict rule. Never send a text message while you're tripping. We talk about going super goblin mode today, people. Quote, don't choose more than two songs by the same artist while making a playlist. The songs don't have to have lyrics. Cover songs are okay. He's the king of music. <laughs>
Like I say, set the stage for a change and then execute. I've moved a lot. It's really easy to make a change when you move places or you get a new look. These tools open up the window of change. It puts you in that headspace. It doesn't work unless you do, but you can use these things to climb through higher windows or slip into worse habits. <laughs> the Munez method, do something with equal difficulty for success or failure, whether or not you succeed, you have opened up the window to change. That's the sober method. Seize it! Be responsible out there. There it is, guys, the microdosing handbook by CJ Spotswood. Let me know what you guys think. These are some fun ones. We'll definitely do some more psychedelic books in the future. I'm your host, Nick Munez. Hoping you guys are liking the new visuals. What did we have? Some Terraria plan. It's a good game. Patreon, we got a new book coming for you next week. Get signed up for an exclusive episode. That's going to do it for us, guys. Not going anywhere, YouTube. We're going to be here until the end of time. We might be in YouTube jail. Subscribe anyway. Love you all. Get a random soundboard effect to take this one home. Hey, what's up? How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? Patreon.com slash the niche. Harry Schwann on Instagram. Be back in seven short days with a brand new book. Nick Muniz signing off. Peace.